This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. After much debate regarding physician assistant specialty certification, the NCCPA has changed its direction and in 2011 will be offering the Certificate of Added Qualifications, the CAQ program for PAs. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell and I'm speaking with Dr. Don Sefcek. Senior Associate Dean in the College of Osteopathic Medicine at Michigan State University. Prior to working at MSU, he was the Associate Dean and Professor at Midwestern University's Chicago College of Osteopathic Medicine, as well as the Program Director for the Midwestern University PA Program. Dr. Sefcik has been a longtime supporter, educator, and advocate for the PA profession, and it's clear how appreciative his students are. He was awarded the Mentor Hall of Fame Award given by the American Osteopathic Association, Midwestern University Student Choice Award twice, and the Golden Apple Award given by the graduating class of Midwestern University's Physician Assistant Program three times. Dr. Sefcik has served on the Board of Directors for the National Commission on Certification of Physician Assistants, the NCCPA, since 2003, and he's currently serving as Chairman of the Board. And I'm proud to disclose that I was one of those lucky students that had the privilege of working with Dr. Sefcik at my alma mater, Midwestern University, and I'm happy to have him here today to discuss the NCCPA's new Certificate of Added Qualifications. Hi, Don. Welcome to Partners in Practice. Thank you for the invitation to be a part of the program. Well, we're glad to have you here. Let's start by explaining the history of the NCCPA. And if you could just kind of tell us what the role of the NCCPA is with the PA profession. Actually, the NCCPA was founded as a non-for-profit organization in 1975. That actually occurred after three years of work that began in 1972 with the National Board of Medical Examiners, the American Medical Association, the AAPA, and the PAEA. And the nonprofit, the um, NCCPA's purpose is actually to assure the public that physicians' assistants uh, meet established standards of knowledge and clinical skills in order to practice and provide care to the patients that they serve. So let's just talk about that a little bit more. A lot of people, I think, get confused about this. So the NCCPA doesn't necessarily work for physician assistants. It represents the public as well as supporting the PA profession in its role in certification process, right? That's correct. The primary mission of the NCCPA is actually to assure the public that physician assistants meet those established standards in order to practice uh, medicine, if you will. Let's also talk about what it takes to be certified and recertified. When a PA goes through school and they graduate, what does that C mean on the PAC? What do they have to do to get that? That's a great question. And as you alluded to, uh, the first step in the process is actually the candidate or the examinee has to be a graduate of an accredited physician assistant program. Subsequent to that stature, if you will, they then sit for an examination called the PANTS exam, fondly, which stands for the Physician Assistant National Certifying Examination, which currently is a 360 multiple-choice question examination, which is administered at about um, oh, at least 200 sites nationally through Pearson View as the testing site. How often do they retest? Physician's assistants retest. The cycle is every six years currently. However, the candidate can opt to uh, sit for the examination a year early so they can actually take it during their fifth or their sixth year of their certification cycle, but the process is to recertify every six years. And what about CMEs? The CME requirement is 100 hours of continuing medical education on a biannual cycle every two years. So between certification exams, the physician assistant would log a total of a minimum of 300 hours of CME. Now, is certification mandatory for all PAs? To 
to my knowledge, certification is not mandatory. I can't tell you the absolute number of states that do not require certification for licensure. However, the vast majority of physician assistants do opt to take the certifying exam so that they can demonstrate that added level of a qualification, if you will, by recording themselves on their stationery and their um, identification as a PAC. All right. So in 2011, the NCCPA will be rolling out its new specialty program, Certificate of Added Qualifications, or the CAQ program. What is the CAQ program? The CAQ program is actually a program that was developed through a series of conversations which actually have spanned since uh, about 2005. That's when it really caught traction. As you mentioned in the opening, I've been on the board since 2003. And the discussions as to whether or not a certification process should exist have probably been going on from the history I've been privy to for probably at least 20 years in the NCCPA. But again, since about 2006, this has caught a lot of traction where the board decided to move forward with this program. And the program actually is to help, again, the public be assured that um, if the PA chooses, since this will be a voluntary program, that they've actually met some higher standards um, and decided to pursue some higher level of qualification or recognition, if you will. Why now, with our changing healthcare system and all the potential for regulatory change, why are we introducing a change in our professional designation now? That's a very good question. To the best of my ability to answer that question, again, it's happened now in terms of the announcement that this will be available, but again, this is based on a minimum of five years of recent discussion, at least two decades prior to that. What the NCCPA really wanted to avoid was getting out ahead of the profession, which is why this has been such a long discussion. If you look at data from the last couple of years, it's become clear that the scales have kind of tipped in PA practice, and currently um, at least 65% of all physicians' assistants are actually already practicing in specialty areas. So the NCCPA has actually kind of followed where the profession has gone, and based on requests and inquiries from a number of PAs that are in practice, we've opted to make this CAQ program available to kind of help with credentialing, privileges, and even reimbursement in some areas. It's clear that the majority of physician assistants have moved into specialty practice, and there are many PAs that want specialty recognition, certification, or something to show that they have additional skill sets. So with the PA profession moving in this direction, why is the AAPA so opposed to these changes? I guess the best answer really revolves around the fact that the mission of the NCCPA and the mission of the AAPA are a bit different. And while we have great respect for the role and the point of view of the AAPA, and we actually have included them in a number of our discussions with regard to these issues for at least a few years that I've been on the board, it's become clear from meeting with leaders and, and individuals in these specialty areas that there is a need, and based on a lot of discussions we've had, we just felt that it's kind of time to move forward with this to offer this voluntary program to those who would find it beneficial to their careers and to their practices. Right. So the NCCPA decided to change from specialty certification to certificate of added qualifications. Why did the NCCPA make that change? The best answer to that is how people define the word specialty certification and the impact that that might have on an individual's practice. During this last summer, some information was brought to us actually by some physician assistants who brought us information and showed us their hospital credentialing forms. And there were some questions on there specific to specialty certification. And as the board reviewed that information and kind of reflected on the impact of calling something specialty certification, it became clear that we should probably move in another direction. It was felt that the certificate of added qualifications kind of reinforced the fact that this was a voluntary opportunity for PAs and and would have a sense of less mandate, if you will. 
If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Dr. Don Sefcek, Senior Associate Dean in the College of Osteopathic Medicine at Michigan State University. And we're discussing the NCCPA's new Certificate of Added Qualifications program. Okay, Don, so let's kind of break down the new program. What specialties will it be available when it rolls out in 2011? The five specialties that will be involved are emergency medicine, cardiovascular and cardiothoracic surgery, orthopedic surgery, nephrology, and psychiatry. And how were those chosen? Those were chosen based on a number of variables, but the primary variables were individuals in professional organizations with regard to those specialty areas started to have some discussion and dialogue with us several years back with regard to growing interest in the specialties, and I'm defining growing interest by the number of graduates and practicing PAs who are migrating into those specialty areas of practice, and also with some information that we were receiving regarding to credentialing privileges, requests from hospitals, and even at some level reimbursement through insurance companies, it was felt that those areas were the five we should focus on initially. All right, so I just took a look through what's required to get the certificate and to maintain it, and it's a lot of work. You know, for certification for the cardiovascular, cardiothoracic surgery, it's uh, 150 CMEs, but ACLS is included in there, 4,000 hours of work experience, and then verification of your skill sets from your primary care physician in that specialty. So, I mean, they're putting in a lot of work. They're earning this certificate for sure. That's absolutely true. If you look at it, Lisa, from the perspective that there's really two pieces to this certificate of added qualification, there's the basic requirements which are essentially you have to be certified and have a valid unrestricted license in the state you practice in and or have privileges to work through the federal government. Then there's the core requirements, which you've kind of alluded to, which are very onerous, if you will, with regard to the amount of specialty CME time, the amount of work experience, procedural and case logs that physician's assistants will be required to have documentation of, and then that all kind of culminates, if you will, with the examination process at the end. So is it burdensome, if you want to use that word? It is. However, these are being defined through ongoing dialogue with the specialty associations. So although there are some core requirements, there'll be some individual variation and ranges within each of those specialty areas defined by physician's assistants who practice in those specialties themselves. So why would I take it? If I'm a PA working in a specialty, why would I take this? That's an excellent question. As a physician, um, certainly I don't have to be board certified, but I chose to do that, so I guess I'll use partially my own frame of reference. One of the advantages of being board certified as a physician is the opportunity to practice in locations and get privileges at certain institutions, which I might not be able to do if I didn't have that added uh, qualification, if you will. So looking at it through the lens of a physician assistant, why do this? If you happen to practice in an area where the culture of the institution seems to require this and or is moving in that direction, it might be very beneficial to be ahead of the curve, if you will, and through this somewhat arduous process, uh, demonstrates to your employers, to your colleagues, and to the public that you're very serious about the level of quality that you provide. And, you know, this is one of those ways that you can do that. And again, I want to be clear that this is a voluntary opportunity, but people will choose in and out based on their own personal needs, their perspectives, and their practice locations and specialties. What about primary care? Has there been any talk at the NCCPA about having a section similar to this with primary care? Maybe that would allow more attention to specializing that setting that could lead to more practice privileges or increase PAs moving back into primary care? 
There's been a lot of discussion about that, and again, through my personal filters, uh, my best answer to that question is there's a lot of individuals both on the board and off who feel that the PAC is in fact that qualification that demonstrates your commitment to primary care, and there may be no other need to have any other credential which would demonstrate that because the PAC more than adequately covers that perspective. All right, so let's roll that into test taking. So we're already taking the certification exam, so this would be another test on top of that, correct? You're talking for the CAQ program, correct? Yes. Yes, that is correct. It would be an additional examination. And it would be every six years as well? That's correct. And could you take them at the same time? You could. All right, and what will be the cost for the exam? The total cost for this program is projected currently to be $350. There's a $100 associated administrative fee, which is part of that $350, and ultimately the real exam cost is, is $250, so the total package is $350. So I read on the press release that they were only going to offer the test one day a year. How will that work? Well, that's true. It'll be offered one time per year, and part of that decision was based on a number of variables, which include keeping the cost low, examination security, the test bank items themselves, the need for development and validation of those items. So the choice for one time per year was multifactorial, but not the least of which was to try to keep the cost reasonable for those who opt in. And could you test in more than one specialty? The answer to that question is yes. However, you would need to fulfill all of those basic requirements for each of the specialties in order to be a candidate for those examinations. So I think some of the fears that come out of this are that it'll become something that's expected by your institution or by your primary care physicians. That's one. And then the other one is, what if I'm working in dermatology today and I decide to go into psychiatry? Do I need to redo all of this again? So basically, we're slowing down or impeding my mobility. Do you see that as an issue? It's been expressed as a concern, and certainly I do respect that perspective. And is that a possibility? It is a possibility. However, because I can't predict the future, I don't know where this will go. There are physicians who are board certified in more than one specialty. Again, it's a voluntary process. This process will be voluntary for physician assistants as well. Will it limit their mobility between practice areas or specialties if they don't have it? That could happen. However, I am not convinced that it will happen, yet I want to be honest and say it's a possibility. Dr. Sefcik, if people are interested in learning more about this, where should they go? Many of the answers to the questions you've asked and much more resource information is available at www.nccpa.net. Well, Dr. Sefcik, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it. It was nice chatting with you again, and I look forward to discussions in the future. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.